uh, we've been walking through this series of this summer at one chapel. And we've been looking at three books of the Bible. And this, this morning, we're still in First Peter, which are, you know, Peter, John, and James were the, the three disciples that were close to Jesus. And so we're just kind of opening those scriptures up and just looking at how, how the, the life in Christ or the life with Christ and the Holy Spirit filling them, on, obviously on the day of Pentecost, how that affected their lives and what they were saying to the, to the church uh, that, that was scattered throughout the, that part of the world. And as we delve through 1 Peter, we're in 1 Peter 3 this morning. And, and again, he's talking to, you know, we're looking at this key word devoted and what it looks like to be devoted to Jesus, to live a life that is devoted to him. We looked at the, the differences in just that definition between, you know, in, in the, the secular world and what Jesus is talking about when he says devoted. Now, Peter here is talking to the church that has been scattered across Asia, just the, uh, Asia, the, the northern part of Asia, and they are uh, under the rule of Emperor Nero at the time. We, we talked about some of Nero's escapades and just this, how he treated and how he tried to stomp out Christianity at, at the height of that persecution. And it, it was actually, we talked about this last week, it was actually at, in this persecution that Peter was martyred. This is, where, this is the persecution that took Peter's life. Another one of, of Nero's, um, uh, one of the ways he loved to, to use Christians is he, uh, he loved to use them for entertainment. You know, we talked about last week how he would take Christians and he would use them as torches. He would light them on fire for his garden in the evening. Another way that he would do that is uh, another way he would use them, again, is for entertainment. He would uh, feed them to live animals in front of a bunch of crowd of people when he threw parties. So that was, that was the type of persecution that Peter was, was forth, uh, foreshadowing to, to the body of Christ that was in Asia. And he was telling them, hey, there's something that is coming. I, I recognize this. I see this. As, as he walked with Christ, he, he understood that that history, that experience led him to understand and write to the church that was scattered across Asia and tell them, hey, be strong, be courageous. And he's encouraging them to be devoted even in the midst of these things. And so when you think about that, you're like, oh, my God, like, wow. And because, you know, we don't we're not going to experience any persecution in that sense. Right. Like, like no, nobody, nobody's going to persecute us like that. But we do face a level of persecution here in this in, in the in the day the day and age that we live in now. And so so we have to decide. We have to decide now. And I think you have. You're here at church. Love that. You're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, on social media. You're watching. You've decided. You, or you've, you're, you're thinking about making that decision of following Christ. And we have to make that decision now for what's coming. Because if we don't, then we'll falter when, when pressure comes, when persecution does come. And, and this is what Peter is encouraging the church to do. No matter the cost, right? And so there has to be, not only do we need to decide, but there has to be a daily reinforcement of that decision. And it's not just a one-time decision. That was, that was one of the things that the Lord kind of walked me through as, as, you know, just I gave my life to the Lord early in, in, my, in my childhood. I was one of those kids that was born on Saturday and I was in church on Sunday. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I, I, was, I was the kid that was terrorizing the other kids in church. I was the kid that they didn't want that kid to come to church anymore. <laughs> so, but thank God they didn't kick me out because look at me now. You know what I mean? Hey, look at me now. <laughs> so I'm living proof that there are miracles. God is still doing miracles in the body of Christ today. <laughs> 
But we have to reinforce that decision, right? Through prayer, through scripture reading, through the memorization of scripture, right? Through fasting. Ooh, that's a tough one. Through fasting. We, gotta, we have to do this, church. And gathering with like-minded believers, right? We have to say that. We have to say that. We have to say you got to gather with like-minded believers, right? You got to clarify that because the reality is nowadays you can walk up somebody and they're very spiritual. Yes, they believe in, hey, man, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I was just reading the Bible today. I was like, whoo I don't really read that book. That's, that book is not, I'm not really down with that book. <laughs> so we have, we have to really evaluate. We have to make sure that the people that we are gathering with are like-minded, that are going to walk with us, and we're both going to help each other and propel each other and walk with each other towards who Christ is and who he's called us to. So I think that's, that's important. So, so we're, we're continuing to, to walk through First Peter. And if you missed it, that was just a little plug for groups, by the way. you got to walk with people that are like-minded. He's like, oh, pastor, here we go. No, I'm not talking about groups today. But listen, the reason we talk about them is because it's important. You can't walk this life alone. You need to walk with people. We love you enough. to, to and, and there's people that, are, that have groups that are, that are gathering because they love you. So let's jump into scripture. You ready to do that? I love it. All right. First Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Wives. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Look at all the men. All the men are ready to go. All, all the wives are like, I knew we shouldn't have came to this church. <laughs> do, you, do you have it? Do you, do you really have that? So, so there, there was a, there was a if, if you have it, I'm going to set it up. So there was, there was a, a lady that, that they, they were like, you know, because one thing that we say in church all the time is like, hey, bring, bring, your, bring your just struggles, bring your problems, bring them to the altar. And, and, and this, is, this is what my wife produced right here. <laughs> Bring your problems to the altar. To that I say, baby, I preach from the altar. What you talking about, baby? Come on now. <laughs> so there you go. Now I got you laughing. Now let's talk about wives submitting to husbands. All right. <laughs> the Bible says, and I want to I read this in the amplified version. I love how it expands it a bit. The, the Bible says, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands. That's always good. Sub, subordinate, not as inferior. When, I want to I expound on that here just a moment. But out of respect for the responsibilities entrusted to husbands and their accountability to God, and so partnering with them, so that even if some do not obey the word of God, they may be won over to Christ without discussion by the godly lives of their wives. All right, so this is not what we're, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just talk about just, just this today. So just everybody breathe easy, right? But I, just, I didn't wanna just gloss over this, right? I, I've, I've never been one to, to, to be afraid of talking about what scripture says, right? Because, but, but there, there's something beautiful that we have to understand about scripture is that he's speaking into a context to a people of, of and a culture of what's going on at the time. So what we want to do, we want to extrapolate what the premise is of what he's saying and apply it to our lives today. Amen. All right, come on. So, so that's what it's doing, right? Because, and, and, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to gloss over this for, for, for another reason, because the, to be honest with you, women have, have kind of come under attack as of late. 
Womanhood has come under attack as of late. And, and, I, and, I, wanted to, and I wanted to just kind of stand here um, and, and, and first say, listen, we, we, we believe in what the Bible says. And we have a biblical stand. We live according to this book. We didn't make the rules. We follow the rules. Amen? And so the Bible says that in the beginning, God created, he created man and woman. There's two genders. He created two. You agree with me with that? So that's, that's what we stand on, and that's the truth that we stand on. So we don't gloss over passages of Scripture because they, they, because, because they kind of hurt a little bit or, or, or we think they don't fit. But what we do is we read the Scripture in its entirety, and then, and then we ask the Holy Spirit to, so that we glean the, read the truth of it and apply it to our lives. So that's what I want to do because the reality is, again, women have come under some scrutiny. Women have come under, under, under attack. Right? We didn't establish, we didn't establish this truth. And so we can't change it. We submit to it because it is what God says. He said it, He established it. But this morning, wives, particularly in this passage, but I that expounds to, to women and to grandmothers and to mothers and to sisters and to daughters. You are special. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are vital to the family and to businesses and to corporate America through the workforce and through all the way to entrepreneurship. And I, I just want to declare that, I, that, you, that you are vital and you are important to the church, to the body of Christ and society. You have high value and a calling in the kingdom of God. And man, I just, I just wanted to make sure that I said that before we went any further and, and establish that truth of what scripture says and, and elevate women to their proper role. Amen? All right. Not just, we don't, we, and we don't want to just talk about that on Mother's Day or, or any other this holiday that, that is for women. We want to talk about that. We want to honor and, and lift and, and just give, give uh, the, the due that they deserve to women every day. That's, that's, that's what we want to do. So now this passage, let, let's gather a bit of cultural context for, for what Peter is saying here. So Peter was speaking against the ideology of culture. He was speaking against the ideology of the time because at this time, women were classified at the same level of slaves. And, and what Christianity was doing in this day and age was elevating and giving dignity to not just women, but to, to slaves as well. We read that in, in chapter 2, right? And then, and then we also compared to how Jesus came. Philippians 2 tells us Jesus came. He, he considered uh, his, his deity not something to hold on to, but came and was born as human and took the position of a slave. That's what Jesus did. And so that's what Christianity is elevating the, the wives and elevating and as, as, as it was in that time. And so wives specifically in this passage, as, as you can read further you, and find that Peter stresses the spiritual equality of man and wives as heirs together. That's what the Bible says. And he's, he's again, Peter's not, not establishing theology here. He's encouraging the church. It was Paul and, and Timothy that did that in, in, in some earlier books. So he's echoing some of what Paul, some of his words, and as he, as he exhorts married couples to mutual submission to wives, submissiveness to, is to be matched by the husband's self-giving love. We find that in Ephesians 5, the picture of a beautiful union between a man and a woman. What, what biblical submission is, right? That's, that's that beautiful picture. But what it is not, and I want to make sure that I'm, I'm clear today, is that it, what it is not is it staying in an abusive relationship. 
<laughs> that is not biblical submission, right? Any, any abuse, whether physical or, or, or emotional or sexual or mental, that is not what Peter is talking about here. That is not what he's talking about submitting to, right? Or being, being degraded, right? Or, or suppressed in any way, being treated less than or, or, or treated as you are irrelevant. That, that's, that's not biblical submission, Right? We, we talked about submission as Jesus exemplified it. I mentioned it before in Philippians chapter 2. But this word here, this word, if we, if we pull this word out, if we look at, at, at the, the Greek text, it's different from what, what Philippians is talking about. This word here, the, the word is hupatasso, hupatasso, which means to obey, be under obedience or obedient. And what's interesting about this word as he's speaking to, to directly to, to wives in this passage is that in, in, the, in the, its use of this context is its root is actually rooted as a military term. It's, it's, a, it's a military term in the Greek used in the passage where he's talking about wives sh that should submit to their husbands, which is it's just, it's just interesting to me that he did that. And the meaning of this word is to arrange, to arrange like a troop, a division in, in a military fashion under the command of a leader, right? So if we just read it without the context, without the understanding of it, we're just like, okay, well, here we go. There's a little bit of little, some misogyny here. You know, here's another, another preaching about how men are dominant and how women should submit under their husbands and, and, and just, be, just be like a rug. No, that's, that's not what Scripture's saying here. And we can misunderstand if, if we don't delve deep, if we don't ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of it. It's all here. So I I kind of, I, I, I want you to, to, to take that understanding of what that word is and let's, let's, let's put that into scripture. And I want to give you a little bit of a, of a David Campos translation here. Can I do that with you this morning? All right. So 1 Peter 3.1 in the DCT version. <laughs> I just want to be clear with that. This is not scripture. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking what it is, right? This is what it says. Now, I think you wives, I think, I think you ladies will love this. Wives, in the same way, Take your spiritual battle positions beside your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Then they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Amen. God is calling you to take your spiritual battle positions next to your husbands and, and, and press on. And I want to say this. I, I, lo I love that. I love that, that truth and that reality of what Scripture is saying. But listen, ladies, you're so much more than just a wife or a future wife. <laughs> there are some fantastic insights into the strength and the power and the calling of a wife and women in Scripture, especially those devoted to Christ. The, the, there's a beautiful uh, portion of this, the second portion of this Scripture here. Is that call and that, that effectiveness. And to be honest with you, historical studies have shown that women or, or wives, in fact, is one of the primary ways the Christian faith spread during the first two and three centuries. Despite the authorities trying to stomp it out, to stomp out the religion, women faithfully living through, through, uh, through unfairness, through persecution, you, you, you pressed on. You, 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 they, they established the truth and the foundation that what we, st we stand on today. Amen? 
So ladies, come on now. Appreciate you. <laughs> you are. You can, you can be a beautiful picture of what Christ's devotion looks like. Right? And Peter, Peter's not just talking to wives here. As we, as we, as we go down a bit, we talk, he talks to the husbands. Right? I, I, I kind of, I, I sometimes I will, read, I will read some of the scriptures in Spanish just to kind of see what they feel like. And I, I want to read, we're going to read things, I want to read to you in Spanish first. And I, I just want you to, I just wanna, want you to feel this, right? Because, men, this is our charge here. En cuanto a ustedes los, los esposas sean comprensivos con sus esposas, denles el honor que les corresponde. Teniendo en cuenta que ellas son más delicadas y están llamadas a compartir con ustedes la vida que Dios les dará como herencia. Hagándolo así para no poner estorbo a sus propias oraciones. I don't know about you, but I want some of that right there. <laughs> it's what the Bible says in English that, uh, it says in the same way you husbands live with your wives in an understanding way with great gentleness and tact and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship as with someone physically weaker since she is a woman show her honor and respect as a what as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Just beautiful picture of what was happening in society. Christianity was pushing against everything society was. Everything society said that was the norm was the way they did things, the way they treated their spouses, the way men reacted to their wives, the way wives reacted to their women. They're elevating and changing it. And this is what, this is what Peter is calling us to is a hint of, of what he's saying, that God wants to infiltrate every aspect of our lives, not just one part. He wants all of us. Not just some of us. I heard, heard a pastor one time say he is Lord of all. Or he's not Lord at all. And so God, God desires everything. And so he's calling us this contrast of living. And it was actually this, this beautiful hospitality. Uh, Isaac was just telling me that this beautiful hospitality of, of the culture of Christianity. That was the draw to, of the, to the world. This, this elevated, I mean, think about that. People living across the street from one another where one man was domineering and he was, he was arrogant and he was rude and, and he was forceful in everything they did and how he treated his, how he acted in his marriage. But yet on the other side, there was this man that was loving and kind because God was doing something in his heart and his life and he was loving his wife and she was loving him. There was this beautiful reciprocation, this symbiotic relationship between the two that cultivated a beauty of the, that Christ would use to exemplify in the neighborhood who wouldn't want to be attracted to that it was that hospitality that drew people out of the darkness and into the light that introduced them to who God was that was a reality of what was happening in the time fellas she's a fellow heir she is your equal she's one with you scripture says that the two shall become one flesh it was it was actually I believe it was Paul that, that said this is a mystery that I don't even understand where, where God brings and he unites us. And there's a promise connected 
to, to us as men as we, as we honor our wives. And I believe we serve a good God. I believe we serve a rewarding God, a rewarding father. And so that, don't, don't eliminate yourself, young men, single men, single women. Listen, I think there is a reward in honoring as, in your relationship as you, as you love one another, as you, as you court, in courtship or you're dating. Wow, courtship. I ain't heard that word in a long time. <laughs> Went back a little bit there. All right, Lord, <laughs> as you're dating, listen, there's an honor that you can give that the woman and the young lady, you can give that man. Be honorable as you, as you come together, as you get to know one another. Be honorable in those things. You can reciprocate that. And all this stems, all of it stems from a life surrendered and devoted to God. So we're talking about Talking about what, how devotion, how a devotion to God, how a devotion to Christ, it, it, it permeates in every area. God doesn't want to leave anything untouched, anything unturned, anything not affected by the power of the Holy Spirit. You agree with that? So all of it, it's what it stems from. Just, and this is this common thread that, that Peter is talking about here. This is just foundational to, to his instructions to the church. Let's keep it going. In 1 Peter, let's jump to, uh, to verse 8. 1 Peter 3, verse 8, and Peter says this, Finally, all of you, be like-minded by... Symp- be, uh, be sympathetic, excuse me. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to, to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I want you, I want you to wait. Uh, uh, Pastor Rob introduced Peter to us a few weeks back. Right? He went through this list of the things that he did that were good and the things that he did that were not so good. And I want us to weigh in this moment what Peter is saying here in contrast to who he was previously. It's such a great picture of the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. And it could be, and it could be easily overlooked, right? The time that, Jesus, that, that Peter spent with Jesus, it, it changed him. It's like a moment. Just really think about who he, who this, who he was when, when he was coming in and see, if, see if, if you can relate to anything that Peter was going through, anything that Peter was walking, anything that Peter was, as, as Scripture describes him. Scripture gives us a little bit of a window into his life of, of, of that's who you are right now. Peter was, Peter was impulsive. Peter was belligerent. Peter was, he, he was domineering, and at, and at times he was, he was arrogant, he, he, he embodied those things in, in different forms throughout, throughout Scripture. We see that. But now, after, through a life devoted to be, to be in, as he was in harmony with the Spirit of God, Peter, here we find him, we find him compassionate. We find him filled with love. We find him that he, he's walking in humility. And, and many times, as believers, we can overlook small deficiencies in our lives like this. We can, we can be so focused on, on, on the big items, the, the, the big issues in our lives, right? And, and we, can, we can declare, I, I think we all can declare here that, well, you know, Pastor, I don't, I don't do the, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not doing all the big stuff, right? I'm not stealing. I'm not, I'm not out there robbing people. I'm not, I'm, not out, I'm not out there murdering anybody or killing anybody. Listen, I'm here at church. I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in. I'm watching. I'm serving God. Hey, I'm, I'm on team one. Right? I, I go to a group. I'm, I'm, I'm on the worship team. I'm, I'm on a team here at church. 
right? The, the major things have, have, have transpired. The major surgery has happened in our lives. The major issues, they've been, they've been dealt with. And God has done miracles in our lives. He's rescued us. He's restored us. And he's, we're, he, we're healed. And we're heading in the right direction. We're serving God. But what about the private moments? What about, what about the, the moments where no one sees, no one's around? And I'll go first. When we're driving on the highway. I know. I'll go first. I'll admit it. Oh, that's tough for me. Jesus. How, how, how I respond, right, to people who are less aware. Let's just say that, right? <laughs> Or, or, or let's say the people that are less experienced than me. I've been driving a long time. I've got a lot of experience. I consider myself a really great driver. Right? But you, you come up to this person driving on the left lane, and they're just putting along. They're, I mean, they're just having a great time. They're not in a hurry. They're, you know, whatever the situation is, they're just, you can just see they're singing their hearts out in the left lane, just having a great day. Or they talking on their phone or or better yet watching their phone and then you finally get the space I, I, I excuse me I finally get the space and I, and I can get around them on the right lane which which okay I can do that but the the sign says left lane is for passing only um just want to point that out I should I should have put that on the screen missed it the, the sign. But so you pass them over on the right. I finally get to pass them over the right. What do I do? What do we do? Right? Do, are we tempted to drive by and just keep smiling? And, yeah. Are we tempted to give them the look? <laughs> just give them a look. Oh, come on. Eh? What is that, right? But in that, but in that look, what am I actually doing? And that, and that one look, what am, I, what am I actually doing? I consider myself a Christian. I consider myself to be a faithful Christian. But in that one look, what am I doing? I'm summing up the char- their character in a glance with just one look. I'm summing up the character of the person that is, that is driving. In that moment, I think myself so much better than that person. It's true. It's what I do. That moment. And we, and we oftentimes when we think about these private moments, we, we get away with them over and over and over again. Unless I'm with my wife. Then, you know, then, she, she, then she's, slow down, babe. Slow down. But when she's behind the wheel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. But, or, or you know what, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the, 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 us on the road. Maybe, maybe it's a comment that, that we leave on social media from somebody that's, God knows where they are. We leave a comment there. Or what about, what about your true inner thoughts? The true motives of your heart towards your wife, towards your spouse. Or what about the, your true inner motives towards your family? What about your true inner motives towards maybe a coworker, your neighbors? And I, in either direction, right? Whatever that may be. 
Things that only you know. Things that only you carry. Things that, things that, only, that you have hidden away. That, uh, that, you know, hey, I'm not doing the big things. Like, I'm good. I'm saved. What about what you watch? Because it does matter. What about what you listen to? Because it does matter. What about who you follow? Who you follow on social media? Who you, who you listen to on your podcast? What, what about those things that you involve yourself in? Because those things, all of those things, they have influence over your life. They have influence over my life. And they influence not only my life, but they influence the relationships that I have. And then I'm not, I'm not trying to give you like a naughty list to where, to where you, you, you can start checking off the things, right? I, 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 man, I praise God, I cast off legalism a long time. God, God helped me with that. I broke free of legalism. But what, what I'm asking is, does the Holy Spirit have access and free reign in your private life? If he asks you to stop something, one, will you hear it? And two, will you heed it? The corrosive effect on our character with the things that happen sometimes in the private, they're not big things. Hey, hey, I'm not, I'm, 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 I, go to, I go to work, I, I work hard, I do, I do, I can do all these things. Well, yeah, but this, this is the, let's, let's uncover some things here. Let's let the Holy Spirit get down deep into maybe our history and our past. And so these, these corrosive things, they affect our character and habits of, of our mind and our heart. And that, those things are disastrous. And, the, and ultimately, eventually, those things are in which the root of our lives are drawing its nutrients from. And ultimately, those things come out. If they will emerge if we're not careful, they will emerge if we, don't, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to get down into the root of those things and to begin to pull those things out and begin to show us some things that are happening and have happened in our hearts and our lives that he wants to help us with. Taylor, you guys come up and help me finish. You know, we, we sing a few songs at the top and we leave room for, for a time of response for us to be able to respond to the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're, that's what we're gonna do here. Because the reality is, but because whether he is done, Jesus has done, or is doing a great work in your life, he's not done yet. He's not finished with any of us in this room. <laughs> From wall to wall. Each and every one of us. And I'm, I'm, that makes me excited. <laughs> that makes me happy. Right? There was a time where it was, it was a little daunting. Because, because of the things that I had hidden away in my heart and in my life. And so as somebody who has gone through the daunting, of the, the, daunting the, the heat of it, the, the weight of it, sorry, of, of, of opening up those doors and exposing your heart and your life, once again, walking through some hurt and some pain, the Holy Spirit is so gentle and so kind and so loving and so thorough that he completes what he begins. There is more that he wants to do through you, but there is more that is required of you. Now, let's not confuse that with from you, 
Because all he needs from you is to be willing, is to be submissive, and to allow him to do it. Listen, following Christ is a lifelong journey of what some see as mundane, prayer, scripture, reading, fasting, and fellowship, the daily sacrificing of oneself at the foot of the cross, because that's what we have to do. It's a sacrifice of ourselves at the foot of the cross. But those mundane practices in the presence of God produce a supernatural lifestyle, incomparably more satisfying and vibrant than that of any prosperity or position you can achieve in this world. Christ has paid it all. He has laid it all out. We choose. We choose if we will live it out. Peter wandered about possibly thinking his purpose was to be a fisherman the rest of his life. Jesus showed up one day and with one question, with one call, changed his life as he responded to what Jesus asked. Come, follow me, Peter. So Peter's words here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, the same one that is in this room right now today, they're filled with this anticipation of what is available in the spiritual through being devoted. It's what we're talking about, being devoted to Jesus in our physical world. I want to ask the prayer team to come up here and just as we worship, be available. Peter is charging not just the early church, but he's charging us today. Speaking from eternity, he's saying, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate. Be humble. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, which is all of the above, what he just said. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Christ bids us come. Some of you may be feeling the prodding of the Holy Spirit already. Maybe a, a person has come to mind. Maybe a circumstance, a situation. Maybe something the Holy Spirit is, is touching on. And I pray that you would be willing to lay that down this morning. I pray that you would be willing to give it to Him. As we worship here in this time, I want you I want you to respond. Would you stand with me today? You can respond right where you're at. Nothing special about coming up here. But there is something beautiful about coming in agreement with somebody. And agreeing for something that you've been praying for, something that you've been carrying, a circumstance and a situation. Maybe, maybe you've wandered away from Christ. Maybe you've, you've, you've started to live your life on your own. I want to invite you to come. Come, and these people are, these people are ready to pray with you. Maybe you, you don't know this Jesus that I've been talking about, that Peter's been talking to be devoted to. Come on. We'd love to introduce you to them. You can, you can lay your life down. You can come to the foot of the cross, the sacrifice that he made for all, and receive the free gift of salvation. It'll change your life. I want to pray over you as we get into worship father we come before you and we thank you for your word holy spirit i thank you for what you're doing in this room now in the hearts of your church 
I pray for a yielded spirit. I pray for a spirit and a life that would come to the place of surrender this morning. In Jesus' name, that they would lay everything down and that trust would arise. Knowing that you are able and capable, God. Trusting that you are faithful, Lord, to complete what you want to begin or what you have begun, God. Let strength come right now in the name of Jesus for those who have been praying, Father God, and praying and praying and believing and not seeing anything, God. Let strength come to them now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let freedom come, Lord, to those who are carrying heavy burdens, Father God, who have been shackled by their past, Lord, or even the decisions that they've made in the present, Lord Jesus. Let freedom come, God, as they come to the foot of the cross and surrender their all to you, God. Let freedom overtake them, Lord. Let the Spirit of God be filled, Father. Let them be filled by the power of God, Lord. Let them understand the love of a Father, the love, Lord Jesus, of you, the love of the Holy Spirit, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, church. Let's respond to the Lord this morning.